another episode of Space Flicks, a podcast where we review a movie, decide if it's worth the cost of beaming out to a lonely astronaut in the far reaches of space. Mm-hmm. Today we're talking about The Lighthouse. Right. Uh, Which if we do decide to beam it out into space, I worry that the astronaut might never survive. Like he might not survive. <laughs> That's right. This movie is a movie that can kill you. Mm-hmm. I think is what you're saying. Well, I'm just saying if you're all alone in space and then your only like sort of like contact from civilization is the lighthouse. Yeah, might, you might do just, you in. You, your brain might explode or I don't know. Possible. Anything's possible. Uh, so I guess that let that be a warning for the astronaut. Uh, if yeah, you're listening spo- to this spoiler before warning. watching the movie. This movie melts brains. <laughs> um Let's let's just kick things off. Oh, wait, before we kick things off, uh, why don't you read the synopsis? Okay, so yeah, the movie we're talking about today is The Lighthouse, and The Lighthouse is a movie written and directed by Robert Eggers. Uh, it was also written by, I believe, his brother Max as well. Okay. It's a dude named Max Eggers. I think it's his brother, if I recall. At any rate, the synopsis of the film is, two lighthouse keepers try to maintain their sanity while living on a remote and mysterious New England island in the 1890s. That is right. exactly what happens in this movie. Yep, yep, that's what happens. Yep. Um, so it's starring Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. Yep. Uh, that's it, really it. It the the Robert Eggers he had previously made The Witch, which I haven't seen. Yeah, me neither. Okay, so expectations. I had seen the trailer for this. I knew it was by the guy who did The Witch. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. I knew that The Witch was. Well was liked. and is considered a really yeah. good movie. Yep. It's certainly now on my list of movies I want to check out. Yep. But um, from the trailer, this uh, just looks like a little bit of a spiral into madness, which is kind of what the synopsis hints at as well, that uh-huh. they're trying to maintain their sanity. Um, so I think I was expecting kind of a weird, uh, a, a weird character-focused movie where these actors are just giving it their all. That's basically what I was expecting. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really have a good idea. I wasn't sure what to expect as far as, like, will this movie be entertaining? Or funny. Will it be hard to watch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will it be really slow? I didn't have any clue of on any of those things. Yeah. But I just figured it would be really intense acting. Right. And... Yeah, and just gradually they become more and more insane. Yep. What What about you? Yeah, I I expected a tough watch for some mm-hmm. reason. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, it's black and white. It's the black and white part. The ma- music ma- is very dour, <laughs> right? Um, but just I was like, it's in some ways I was like, I know how this ends. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I know this is going to end with like them going insane and or killing each other, mm-hmm. right? Um, it just felt like that was the only surely. path. Yeah. Surely that's where this right? goes, yeah. Um, and so then it's just a matter of like, well, how does this happen, mm-hmm. right? And <clears throat> what does it feel like as a viewer to watch it, yeah. right? Um, and so I was like, I don't know how weird it's going to get, right? Yeah, like, yeah. But I was sort of game. Mm-hmm. I was like, uh, <laughs> like... Um, down for weird stuff. Yeah. Well, some movies like I, you know, like for example, uh, if Ford versus Ferrari had decided to get really weird, 
I would have been like, this is not what I signed up for, guys. Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted to see some attractive movie stars doing attractive movie star things, sure. right? Yeah. Um, but in this movie, I'm like, I know that this is going to be weird. <laughs> Uh, and yeah. so like you have, you have carte blanche, go do what you got to do. Let's see if you can come up with something neat. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, yeah, film delivered, man. Like <laughs> on the weird factor. Yeah. Well, it was also like, I mean, cause I think ultimately weird for its own sake is sort of pointless. Right. But if weird is in service of like some kind of, um, wordless feeling, Right some kind of some just completely inarticulable uh thing mm-hmm. that just is like well I've never had that feeling in a movie before um then it's all then it's all well and good mm-hmm. right because that's I think in some ways the main thing that a movie like this can openly and aggressively try to achieve is like I just want to get you to think and feel some things that you've never thought or felt before and that because that alone can be exhilarating right yeah yeah and so um and so in that regard yeah movie movie delivered for me did you like it yes i would say i liked the lighthouse okay yeah i i mentioned that i wasn't sure whether it was going to be entertaining if it was going to be slow i would say i don't think the movie is really slow uh, I mean, it's not like super fast paced, well, but it's there's not virtually no plot. But I think there's enough mystery in the movie that uh-huh. it just keeps you keeps pulling you through. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I found it very, very engaging personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it's like you said, it's, you know, it's. Well, first of all, it sort of establishes Robert Pattinson. I feel like you're kind of, you know, he's the really main main character. And yes, if anybody's a point of view, he's more the point of view him. character because you start with sort of him trying to just get by, and Willem Dafoe's being really harsh on him. Yep, when it comes to the work he's doing. Yep, and so you sort of feel that frustration of you know he cleaned the room already; it's not good enough. He's yeah, he brings a drum up the stairs; it's the wrong one. He has to bring a different one. You know, well, he just did the wrong thing, mm-hmm. like. Bring up the small oil can. Yeah. Like fill the small oil can with the oil from the large drum. Yep. Yep. Right. Yep. Dummy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think to me, the main thing that really sort of cements, not, not that it's really up for questioning, but like the thing that really cements Pattinson as the point of view character that you truly um, feel like you are sort of embedded with is how ultimately Willem Dafoe's character, Thomas Wake, mm-hmm. uh, every night goes to the lighthouse and Pattinson's character, Ephraim Winslow, who actually is not named Ephraim Winslow, um, watches. Uh-huh. Like, not quite sure what's happening up there. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, it, And I think that exact sense of, like, desire from Pattinson's character's part, from Ephraim's part. Like, I, I need to understand. Yeah. I need to we know see. what's going on up there. We feel the same mm-hmm. way, right? I think, and so in that regard, the movie, his desire to know and, like, the actions that he takes to try to learn, we are with him, right? We're like, yes, learn. <laughs> Show, well, it's yeah. like, yeah, you're like, you want the camera to just sort of, and up and go up in there. You know, right. Like, yeah. Show us. What right. is he seeing? But yeah, it's 
very closed which off. is which is so funny i was not expecting we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit i was not expecting like in any way for there to be this big mystery slash uh this enticing kind of you know um like aura around the light of the lighthouse yeah I, like i i wasn't expecting that in this movie i wasn't even aware of that being a thing that like anybody would be interested in hmm. and i don't know that it is it might just be a, a creation something of this that this film. movie invents but the idea that it would be so desirable <laughs> you yeah. know to get up to where the light is because right. it's so magnificent or something right um uh but it but I thought that was really cool because it was like it was like a mystery box that I did didn't know was going to be there. Right. Well, I think part of it is just how forbidden it is. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I don't know that Pattinson's character would be like, I got to get up in that lighthouse. Right. No. Except for Defoe's character being like, you cannot go up there. Yeah. That is <laughs> yeah. mine. It's right. The West Wing. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. And there, it's there's a bit of dialogue early in the movie when. He brings up, he's like, the rule book says we're supposed to alternate, you know? Yeah, right. And and well, Defoe's just like, it's mine. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, so anyway, so we both felt it delivered on the weirdness. Yeah. I, I I quite liked the movie um, yeah. coming out. I, w- I, w- I would say I liked it far more than I was expecting to. Okay, yeah. So I've, I thought it was going to be weird. Um, I think I was... I sort of would say that my expectations, not that I was expecting a similar movie, but they were similar to my expectations for First Reformed in that from the marketing and stuff, I thought it was going to be very dry, lots of acting. Mm -hmm. It was just going to be about like intense acting Mm -hmm. and that that was kind of going to be the main thing going for it. And I was kind of like ready for it almost to be a little bit of a chore to get through, like eating your vegetables. Like this is an important, well, you know, artistic statement and you must uh, you must appreciate it right um and of course i as you and i have talked about first reformed we both really lo- liked that movie yeah, yeah yeah. but i would say this movie much more coming out i was just like oh that was like way more of a it was like a good time yeah first reformed is not a good time no right um this and movie I th- felt to be somehow This movie like, isn't like a classical good time, but it kind of is just it does ultimately just have a lighter feeling to it. Mm-hmm. Like um there's something funny about a lot of the things that are happening in this movie and it's, there's like nothing funny about First Reformed. Yeah, right? this like, one this one First Reformed is very somber, which is right. which I would ex- have expected. This one is not really serious. It's crazy. Right. Like the characters are not, sometimes they are, but a lot of times they are not having fun Mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Especially Pattinson's character. But I'm having fun for a lot of (laughs) the movie. Right. Like as an example, like when Pattinson sees a bird has died and fallen into their drinking water. Uh Right. Um, And another bird like, sort of uh pesters him mm-hmm. right and i we're gonna get right into spo- we're getting into spoilers now right like and he murders that bird yeah straight up yeah. like yeah. brutally yeah. right he's having a terrible day <laughs> and i'm having a delightful time yeah right yeah um and so i feel like a lot of the movie is 
is that. And even like moments in the film that are meant to be um, confounding or confusing that, and even like, I don't think that we are meant to fully understand, right? Like there's a sequence where Pattinson is on the roof, like fixing some shingles and he like peers through a hole in the roof and he sees Defoe in some sort of like self-gratifying sort of position on the bed. It's like, he's disturbed, right? Pattinson is disturbed by what he sees. And I don't think like I'm uh, like, I don't even understand precisely what we were watching in that moment. Yeah. Right. But it's just sort of like, but I'm still like bemused Mm -hmm. by the impenetrability of some of the images and some of the, like the setups. Yeah. Like, I don't know what's happening, but I, but I'm delighted that this movie is causing me to like see things and feel things that like, I don't get anywhere else. And that in of itself is somewhat joyful. Like, um, it's like, it's different. Like it's truly different. I, I, I would, I would, the closest thing I could compare it to would be just for me, the feeling of waking up from an incredibly weird dream uh-huh. where you're just like, it wasn't like a good dream, but I feel really happy because it was just so, uh, it like kind of what you're saying, like it was like showing me things right. that I just didn't expect to see or, you know, didn't yeah. even know that I wanted. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, we're supposed to talk about themes. Do you think, do you think you could speak to any of the themes of this movie? Uh, guilt, certainly. Guilt, yep. There's a major sort of current of guilt that runs through it because um, Pattinson's character, sort of I mentioned earlier, his, the character's name is Ephraim Winslow, except his name's not Ephraim Winslow. That's a mm-hmm. name he's stolen from a co-worker who has died. Yep. And his name is Tom, right? Um, and so... Uh, he is sort of grappling with sort of um, being complicit in the death of that coworker and or being directly responsible. It's sort of like not mm-hmm, quite clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he's coming and that sort of intrudes constantly into yeah. his thinking and actions. Um, and so, and he sort of tries to get through it with, uh, alcohol with sexual gratification with all sorts of, you know, with trying to like get to that lighthouse light, but he sort of cannot get around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guilt certainly seems like the one sort of, uh, I don't know, the, the one most coherent one that you can point to. I mean, a lot of the movie is what we thought it would be and what the synopsis said it would be, which is, two men struggling to hold on to their sanity. Mm-hmm. So do you, well, it's funny. I was thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm interrupting your point. Go ahead and make your point and I will get back to mine later. Um, uh, no, just go ahead and make your point. Well, my point being, I know that it's just a synopsis for like to be able to put on the IMDb or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't find that these men are at all trying to hold on to their sanity. Oh. <laughs> right. Um, do, are they trying to hold on to their sanity? No, it's it doesn't seem I think like they're something ha- they I hold. I think certainly on. Defoe's character seems very happy to lose it. 
Defoe's right. character, well, I think since we're seeing things from Pattinson, from um, Ephraim's, let's call him Winslow's yeah. uh, perspective, from the beginning, it makes sense that things sort of are somewhat just normal mm-hmm. in the you know first, let's say, third of the movie. Yeah. But it sort of feels like uh, Defoe's character is kind of already crazy at the beginning. A, a, a bit. Yeah. Right. But I think um, where it really goes off the rails, uh, you know, quite like I think in a marked kind of way is every night for the first third of the movie, Defoe's character is drinking with dinner, drinking Mm -hmm. booze with dinner. Right. Yeah. Right. And every night and Winslow Winslow is is like, no, it's like against the rules. Like I want to do, I don't want any demerits. Right. So I just want, to do the job and do it well, right? And every night, Thomas Wake is like, "All right, suit yourself," but you're making a mistake, right? And then I'm the, gonna drink. And then like his last, crazy. what is ostensibly his last night mm-hmm. there, Winslow's like, "Fine, I'll partake," yep. right? And then the movie sort of like takes this massive leap yep. into basically what is a, a totally um, altered reality, I think from what the first third of the movie feels like Mm -hmm. because he wakes up what we believe to be the following morning and they later intimate in the movie that it's been weeks. Yeah. Right. And he doesn't even perceive it. And so I think once Winslow joins wake in boozing it up at night, like he's entered, we have now entered a, this, this is now, like whatever insanity you could sort of observe from afar in Defoe's character, we are now inside, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, now that Winslow is on the sauce, right? And yep. that to me is where it's like, yeah, I don't think these men are interested at all at like <laughs> preserving their sanity. I think like, I think in some ways, They're Wake sprinting towards Wake is there to lose it. Yeah. Right. I think that's like kind of the point, right? Um, and so I, I find that to be more, more interesting than ostensibly to sane people trying to like keep it together mm-hmm. because it's sort of like, I don't know, we've seen tales of people trying to keep it together. Like they splash cold water on their face. They look in the mirror, mm-hmm. right? They say phrases to themselves like keep it together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's like, that never happens in this movie. No, no. It's more fun that way. Yeah. um, There's, yeah, there's, uh, there's something about two people being very isolated. You know, I, I've some, I sometimes have this um, just sort of thought experiment, I guess, of imagining some person you might have a relationship with thinking like, what if we were the last two people on earth. Sure. How would that change our dynamic? Because what that makes me think of is all of the sort of things, all of the values you have, uh, a a lot of it is probably the result of being a member of society, Mm -hmm. you know, and kind of like there's certain things that everybody believes. And, you know, I, I, I do this or I live myself, I live my life this way or I conduct myself this way. Because I think it's the right thing to do, but maybe the, the 
I think it's the right thing to do because that's what everybody around me thinks and that's what allows me to sort of operate within this system. Mm-hmm. But if if all the, all those other people making up that system were gone and it was yeah. just me and one other person, then like the only things that would matter, quote unquote, would be things that they and I agree to, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Um, and so like all other notions of what's appropriate and what's like acceptable are kind of irrelevant and it's just we make the rules now, this yeah. me and this other person. And, and this movie to me... Um, I feel like captures that really effectively yeah. where um, it's sort of like uh, Winslow has come in with these expectations and values and, and, and a sense of decency, you know, yeah. brought from the outside. And I think that Defoe's character is already kind of off the deep end from the beginning, but sure. maybe he's not quite there, but, but basically he's sort of like, look, it's different rules here, you yeah. know? And, and I think to your point, uh, I think you, you make a, uh, a great point about when he takes the first drink is when things really change. And one of the ways they really change is then it really is just the two of them, I think, from that point on. Right. Especially because in that, in that same part where it's sort of revealed like, oh, maybe we missed the person who was supposed to come and, you know, pick up, Believe pick us. up yeah, Winslow. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe we missed them. And maybe we didn't just miss them. Maybe it was like weeks ago and we've been here ever since. Um, That sort of drives home that like nobody's coming. Right. It could be months, you know, and because the nor'easters. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's really just the two of us. And so then it starts to feel like that world that I imagine sometimes where like nothing else matters other than what I and this other person agree to. Right. And that's my entire life now. Right. And, and I think that kind of connects to the gradual loss of sanity because I think our brains aren't really meant to function like our, it's a sort of like we need a world to be a part of yeah. to sort of be able to function. And I think when you take that away and it's just you and one other brain, right. you know, yeah. that's a recipe for just insanity. Right. <laughs> and, yep. and so, I mean, I think. I do think guilt is a big part of what ultimately turns out to be sort of like relevant backstory for Winslow. Yeah. But I almost feel like it's not a big theme or not like the central theme. I feel like it's, it's kind of more, uh, it feels more like the descent into madness that results from isolation and, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and yeah. And I guess that's really it for me. Right. Um, <clears throat> Should we talk about best parts of the movie? Because sure. we're already like, you know, we're spoiling it already. Stuff. Yeah. But I really just thought this movie was really cool. Like, um, I mean, really, once they took the drink, it is kind of a blur. Yeah. But in a good way, like, and it's like, it's supposed to be a blur. Like, I almost remember it as in the same way you remember like a night that you got completely drunk. Yeah. And you can just sort of like remember parts of it. Yeah. Um, which is fitting for this movie because for like two thirds of the movie, they are completely drunk. Yeah. Well, like um, my wife asked me after I saw it, she was like, did you like it? Uh I was like, I, yes, I feel like it transcends things like like and dislike. Uh She's like, oh, was it just sort of like intellectually stimulating? You know, did it really like tickle your brain box? I was like, 
I don't think it's that either. Like, <laughs> I think it's like it can create the feeling of having been in a dream or a nightmare, mm-hmm. right? And that is its great accomplishment. And I to to say that you are intellectually stimulated by like a dream or a nightmare is like yeah. that's probably not the prevalent feeling that you have in that moment. It's more like I am like this is a this is just like a, spiritually stimulated or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's just this sort of visceral, like, um, toying with reality in a way that you don't really get to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so that to me is sort of the thing. And so all the moments that I think of, it's not like I have some, you know, film school, like unpacking of the image, although I'm sure you could. Right. But sure, like yeah. the thing that, uh, but the, all the moments in the movie that really stick with me, I don't have like a great reason that I can like articulate as to why those moments are so good other than I will just sort of tell you what my feelings were mm-hmm. when I saw it, when I saw them and that will be the end of it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I don't, I don't have deeper reasons. I don't think. Right. No. Yeah. I totally, I totally feel the same way. It's, it's, it's hard to really even explain why I like this movie. I think it's just so interesting to watch. Right. And so, so, so much like I just wanted it to keep going. Yeah. As you were talking though, I did think of a specific part that is certainly one of my favorites, sure. which is, <clears throat> um, <laughs> there, there, the, the, as they descend into madness, it really is just like lots of little, just little scenes. Yeah. One-offs. Yeah. Um, and one of them that I quite like is that he says something to the effect of that he doesn't like uh, Willem Dafoe's character's cooking. Yeah. And Dafoe <laughs> gets so, so angry. Right. And he stands up and gives this incredibly uh, just, you know, just like flowery flowing speech of of casting him, you know, right. to the depths of hell and like all the yeah. things that terrible things that should befall him. And, and like, and, and, and like the cameras like underneath yeah. and like the shadows cast by his face are like really just like haunting. And he's like this imposing, ominous, yeah. looming figure, like, you know, barking all of these like just awful things at Winslow. And when he's done and when he finally finishes, Winslow's just like, all right, I like your cooking, you know, or something <laughs> like that. And that's just like the end of it. Yeah. Um, and you know, and then it might be like in the next scene, they're like dancing together or something right. and it keeps just going back and forth. And it is like, it is, it is, uh, it feels like, you know, two pretty drunken people, mm-hmm. um, in that volatile place of one second you're laughing and, and having a, your best friends and the next you're just like threatening each other's lives. Right. And then you're back to laughing together um but yeah that speech was a highlight for me yeah tremendous um yeah there's lots of parts of this movie that uh just i like so i already talked about like the bird scene from earlier the seagulls are actually a major sort of visual Mm -hmm. like recurring motif in the movie but um uh we'll say we'll save the best for last but um just I'll, i'll call it a few like little things um when Winslow is emptying the chamber pots on the cliffs <laughs> and manages to throw a bunch of 
poo in his own face. Right, because the wind. Delightful. Delightful Which, bit of physical that's comedy. That's the sort of thing that I, I always wonder. I'm like, how many takes did that... Re- did they have giant fans? Probably. Like, making that happen? Yeah. You know, I just wondered how they did... How they made that happen. Loved it. But yeah. Loved uh, the scene where the only word that either of them was saying was what? Uh-huh. <laughs> what? 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 Yeah. Um, yeah. Great. Uh, obviously, like, when they wake up after the first night or maybe what is maybe apparently weeks of drinking, mm-hmm. like just the disorientation of mm-hmm. that, um, how every bottle in the joint is empty, how the place is a mess. Yeah. Right. Um, I really enjoyed the scene of Pattinson carrying the oil drum up the stairs. Yeah. Something about the physicality of it. Like it felt so heavy watching him do it. Right. Yeah, that was another thing I wondered watching it. I was like, I wonder how heavy that thing actually is. Yeah. You know. Um Pattinson painting the side of the lighthouse and being dropped. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um the slu- like the fact that uh I, I, something that I really enjoyed throughout the movie was how difficult it was for Pattinson to get water. Mm. Like despite it's like raining and there's ocean everywhere, it's like water water everywhere but not a drop to drink, yep, right? Yep. Like um, just like he could not get clean drinking water yeah. in his life, right? Which is Difficult. also like a contributor probably to his insanity, yeah. right? Um, but uh, just when it, like when he would pump the interior pump and like sludge would come out, right? It just like all these little moments, you know, just um, sort of pushing him away from sort of being like a civilized well-balanced person and into just the welcoming arms of madness. Right. Like quite literally like a siren on the rocks. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, you know, you want to stay at sea, but I, the appeal of the rocks around this lighthouse are just too great and you will crash on them and die. Yeah. Right. Um, just, yeah. Tons of little moments like that. Any other moments that stick out to you? How about the, uh, Why'd you spill Bill your, your beans? beans? Yeah. Yeah. That great. was pretty great. Yep. And, and it was one of those, um, you know, this is always effective when a movie kind of doesn't use a certain technique mm-hmm. and then does yeah. in this one scene. I think that was a very intriguing moment in the movie because, well, first of all, it's like, as far as turning points, it was another development where he chose to reveal mm-hmm. something about himself after after Defoe's after Wake had said don't tell me right you know don't tell me anything personal or whatever yeah it's like just gonna ruin things um but then later he he kind of comes to and he's looking for him right and he just hears his voice why just spill your beans and the camera starts sort of like floating, yeah. you know, like through a doorway and down through a the hall, hall and yeah. stuff. And it just hasn't hadn't done anything like that in the movie up to that yeah. point. Yeah. And so that had me just super like intrigued. Like, what is what is happening? What am I about to see? Yeah. You know? Um But I think that's like his, his the thing I called out earlier about guilt, right? Like it becomes very real at that mm-hmm. point because it's not just you can't pretend anymore that you are a new person because yeah. now the only other person in the world, as far as you're concerned, 
knows. Knows. Yeah. And now you can't pretend anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I quite liked that moment too. And then of course, I mean, I also feel like there are a number of scenes where he sees or thinks he sees or has some sort of weird interaction with a mermaid. Sure. Yeah. Um, those are all great. I, I love it. I think the very first scene with a mermaid in it, it's played totally like it's a real thing that's happening. Yeah. You know, he like goes out. Yes. And he, and he discovers a like mermaid, the body, the body of a mermaid basically. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, First of all, it's like it's a mermaid. Mm-hmm. So you're like, wait, that's probably not real. Like, is that imagined? <laughs> what you know? And then, but then, as the movie progresses from there, it keeps playing more and more with just fantastical elements. Yeah. To where you're like, all right, <laughs> you yeah. know, I think this movie is like maybe not being literal, or we're just seeing like hallucinations of a drunken person, right? Or these are it's not even there isn't even a right answer to these questions. Right, yeah. We, we talked right after we saw the movie, and I think I brought up the idea of, like, um, what, you know, sort of the question of, like, what do you think actually happened in uh-huh, the movie, uh-huh. right? And I think your point was the, the right one, which is, like, yeah, I don't, I don't think anything, like, actually happens in this movie. <laughs> I don't think there's a right or a wrong or, like, a, well, the pl- in the world of the film, these are the actual events that occur, yeah. right? It's like, no, like, this movie is not about that, right? The, yeah, it's, yeah. The movie's, the movie doesn't exist in a world where things actually happen. Right. <laughs> um, right. To sort of echo um, some of the, like, more, th- the things that sort of more overtly push into a realm of sort of um, hallucinatory or sort of fantastic sort of elements that, whether they happen or not is sort of beside the point because they happen in the film, mm-hmm. right? And that's all you have, really. Um, just I loved the uh, utter ambiguity of what is happening up on that top floor of the lighthouse uh-huh. because at one point Pattinson follows Defoe up there and is sort of watching through a grate and basically he can theoretically see more than we do because the camera doesn't show us much. Yeah. But at one point, like we hear all of these weird sort of like gelatinous, squishy kind of sounds Mm -hmm. happening up there. There is like water dripping from that floor. Or like some sort of slime or something. Right. And we see like, we hear sort of like uh, Defoe's sort of like, it's unclear what the nature of it is, but there's, there's sort of like moaning uh-huh, happening. Uh-huh. And then we see like a tentacle. <laughs> yeah. <right? Yeah. laughs> it's just like utterly bananas. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and I think the thing that's really telling is I feel like if one of us were standing in that stairwell looking at this happening and it was actually happening sort of literally the way it's described, portrayed in the film you would run down the stairs and leave right yeah, yeah. because it's like this is too weird right 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 but pattinson stays and is like that much more like allured 
to get, <laughs> get up, up there. I got to get up there. Got to get in on that right. tentacle action. I don't know what's happening, but I need it, right? Well, it's like right. it's like if it were you or me, we would either run away screaming and never come back, or at the very least, the next morning, yeah. I'd be like, right. so what was up with that tentacle thing up there? <laughs> yeah, it's What like were you doing up there, Wade? Completely uncommented on, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I think there's like lots of little things like that in the movie that are just sort of like, what, what, what 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 am I seeing? What is this? Right. Well, and so, um, we're talking about best parts of the movie. I feel like we should now get to what is clearly, I mean, at least to me anyway, was the best part of the movie. Is that when, when, uh, he gets to the top? It's the end. Uh huh. Right. Um, I loved. I also love the scene that you referenced earlier, where Defoe is telling him how he's going to cast him <laughs> down to the depths of the bottom of the ocean. Right. Uh-huh. But I will say the thing that made me that I felt like just most clearly crystallized for me how this movie is going to make me feel feelings that no other movie is going to make me feel this year is the scene where Pattinson gets. You know, he's he, he murders Wake. Yep. Right. After being axed in the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Right. And he climbs up to the, t- he gets the keys. He climbs up to the top of that lighthouse. Right. He opens the, the hatch or whatever to get up there. And he's staring directly into the lighthouse. And of course we do not see what he sees. Yeah. Right. Which would ruin it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, we see his face mm-hmm. and his face has been covered in, like a black, blood. like in the in the film, it comes off as black. Is it blood? I think I think so. He he. I think what happens is he might be like a little dirty or something. Mm-hmm. But when he throws the axe mm-hmm. into Wake's head, yeah, I think blood splatters everywhere like and goes just, all over his face. Okay, so he's coated in something on his face, yeah. Yeah. and it and on his march up the stairs it comes off as looking black mm-hmm. right because it's a black and white movie yep um and in the final shot not the final shot but the shot where he's looking into the light of the lighthouse so the way that they it, it's just an absolutely unforgettable shot because somehow the way they light it it transforms him from being coated in blackness to his face becoming white Mm -hmm. again sort of bathed in light and the sound transforms to like an utterly foreign set of sounds that you don't hear don't hear any other time in the movie as far as i can recall and it's this heavily distorted oh like sound where it's basically you're like blowing out the microphone Mm -hmm. um and his screams which is clear. He's, it's clear he's screaming, mm-hmm. right? Possibly with laughter. It's like I think it's played ambiguously, right? Um, uh-huh. Like sounds utterly inhuman. Sounds utterly foreign to a sound that a person can make. Yeah. Right. And then he falls down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just like I will not forget like that shot. No. Right. No. Um. And I don't know. And then he's and then he's pecked apart by birds. Yeah, he's Prometheus, right? Like, um, I don't know what the shot means. I don't know what it's meant to evoke. I don't know what it's meaning to convey necessarily, 
or that it is attempting to convey anything other than exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's just shots like that are like reason, like worth the price of admission. Right. Um, what are your, I mean, so that to me is like the, the thing that I'll take away from the movie. I'll take away lots, but that's the thing. The very end. Yeah. I mean, I think it's very possibly that's my favorite part of the movie. It could be, but I think so much of what makes it so great is everything that's led up to it. Yeah. So it's not like, it's not like a movie where I would want to like watch it again and like fast forward to get to the end. Cause the end's the best part, you know? Right. It's right, really, right. It's a really satisfying conclusion to everything that's. Yeah. Before. You need the preceding 90 yeah. minutes or whatever to like, feel like that moment is sort of earned whatever mm-hmm. when whatever that means yeah um but but it's a it's but put it this way had the, the movie uh the trajectory of the film is leading toward Pattinson climbing up those stairs right mm-hmm. like if the movie didn't have that in there i would feel like it was missing something well probably right? yeah and so um and so the fact that it does pay off that sort of need that you have as a film guard, it's like, come on, like put them up there. Like what's, you know, let's see what happens. And like the film does a great job. Of it's like, I'm not going to explain what's up there. Yeah. Right. And I'm not going to even show you what he sees, but you will still like find this moment to be kind of, I mean, at least anyway, I do like to be kind of perfect. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, great, perfect, yes, I know nothing, and that's what I need to feel. Right? Did you did you see the movie Bird Box? No. Or the, hear about the it? The Sandra Bullock movie? No, I did not yeah. see that. Yeah. Well, you, do you know the premise of it? She's blind. You have to you have to keep your eyes closed. Yeah, or like yeah. some or the thing that you see will make you want to kill yourself. Something right. Like that? Yeah. Okay. So that's the great threat in that movie. And so an interesting it's just an interesting sort of uh premise for a movie because the whole movie you can't see you know the creatures or aliens or monsters or spirits or whatever they are right because it kills you to see it right and so uh i feel like um that's kind of what the deal is with the lighthouse in this movie right right um that it's like the movie can't show it to you because whatever it is yeah it clearly drives a man completely mad, right? Or or something. It does. Right. It does something not not easily recovered from, right? Um, and yeah, and so, and I think that's the perfect way to do it. Also, I, also, I think of. I guess I'm just for whatever reason thinking of movies that withhold things visually, but like in 2001, yeah, I know. Um, can't remember where I saw this, but I saw a clip of somebody talking about how they had different, like different effects they were trying to, to accomplish, to, you know, visualize like the aliens. Okay. Um, that like built the, the obelisks, you know? Um, and they were trying different things. And then eventually Kubrick was just like, we're not going to show them at all. Yep. You know, like anything we show is less interesting than what the viewer has in their imagination. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So sometimes not showing something is the only way to go. And yeah, and I think in this case, in this case, it definitely feels like the right right choice. Although I am also remembering there is a shot in the film where they just show the light head on. But I think it's not right. from anyone's perspective. Right. It's that's just it's more just like a camera. transition. Yeah. And yeah. something so that's kind of interesting. Opens like yeah. When Pattinson's looking at it, there's like a little uh, glass door. Yeah. That swings open, and and then what? And right? then like, what? Yeah. Um. And so I don't like whatever he sees. It's right? but I mean I think it's almost like that's perhaps almost the movie's way of telling you it's not the light bulb itself right. or it's not, it's not the light right. that is so magnificent and dangerous right. that's up there. There's something else. Well, and I think the thing that the movie's clearly doing, like the evidence is transparent in what the film is, is the thing you need to see here is not whatever's in that light. Mm-hmm. You need to see what's happening to Winslow. Yeah. Right. That's the, that's the story. Right. Right. Um, Cause it's quite possible that, I mean, conceptually that like nothing is happening in yeah. the light. Yeah, yeah. Right. And that I think could be enough to drive a person mad. <laughs> right. Like I've been fighting for weeks, months. Right. Right. To get to this place. And there, this is not, there's nothing here. Right. 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 This was something that an insane person looked at every night uh-huh. and believed it was critical to his happiness and well-being. And maybe it was. Right. But not for the reasons that I need, like not for any reasons that matter to me. Yeah. Right. Um, or it's something totally magical and crazy. But it's like either way, it's like that's not the story. The story is Pattinson in that moment. Right. Mm-hmm. Um and so, yeah, and he falls all the way down the stairs. You know they built the lighthouse for this movie. I uh, I feel I, I feel like I did listen to an interview with Eggers. Was he, it the director's cut? Uh, maybe it, it might. I think it actually was an interview with him on the Big Picture podcast. But mm. um, but he was talking about like very you know it's a very simple thing he's like i need a this building i need to connect in this way and i needed there to be a lighthouse i needed to like yeah that's it right yeah i i i guess that came into my head because in the one i listened to he also mentioned that they had to haul that light up there and that light like weighed more than a ton mm-hmm. so i guess they must have used a crane or whatever but right that's a it's a big light <laughs> Yeah, I mean it that it, they actually used apparently. Yeah, my understanding is he does copious research for his movies and so like apparently he purposely needed to set it at a particular time period where the light would have been using a particular technology. Oh, okay. Um and so at any rate, you know, I we don't need to get into that cuz I think that conversation I would be ill-equipped to Yeah, we no have no idea what we're talking about. Um so can we talk about then the very, very end, right? Because ultimately what we're describing is technically like the penultimate moment. 
The very, very last shot is him being picked apart by birds. By, by right? seagulls on mm-hmm. the rocks. Mm-hmm. Very much like Prometheus. Yeah. Right? And this is the one part of the movie that I'm like, come on, film theory, like college education. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like, what is happening here? Because I don't feel like... Because the, the, pre- the premise of the man who brings fire from the gods to humans right is punished by forever having his liver pulled out by a hawk question mark like that is what is happening in the last shot of this movie except it's seagulls Mm -hmm. right but i'm like it's the same thing it's not an accident Right. So you think it's definitely a Prometheus reference? I I would be shocked if it wasn't. It, like if he was like, no, 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 it's just total coincidence, <laughs> right? I'd be like, no, come on, like you well, know this. But I mean, fundamentally, isn't like Prometheus brought fire to mortals to yeah. mortals, but I don't know if it's the bringing of it to mortals or if it's just the accessing something he wasn't supposed to access. Yeah. Which sure certainly okay. fits with this movie. Yeah. Right. He didn't share it with anybody, but he was like not supposed to touch. Yeah. This is something that's not there. for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I can buy that. Yeah. It's just such a compelling image and it's such mm-hmm. a recognizable image. Well, I guess to me what I I for sure the Prometheus parallel is too is too clear not to draw. But at the same time, the movie has another thing that is where my mind went with that last shot, which is that um, Defoe's character had said earlier in the mo- movie that the birds were like the souls of dead sailors. Yep. Okay. And that's why he shouldn't harm a bird. Yeah. And so then, you know, of course, then later he kills the bird mm-hmm. and... So the last shot to me sort of felt like what he was due. His punishment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, For that, but also just sort of like maybe not even punishment, but just that by being at this lighthouse, you sort of are doomed. And the, the right. And, and, and so the fate of being eaten by the, embodiment of dead sailors yeah who have washed ashore or whatever is somehow just your destiny <laughs> right how and then they've pecked his eyes out mm. had they i couldn't yeah i don't even remember that yes okay i mean i'm 99.9 i believe, I believe it, yeah so at any rate yeah like and this is one of those things where exactly like i was describing earlier it's like I can articulate the feeling that I had, mm-hmm. even if I don't understand what is, if the, if the movie is attempting to communicate any sort of concrete sort of like film theory kind of idea, like yeah. it's, it's, I'm missing it. And, but I also, it's like, I would totally accept the premise. It's like, no, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. It's just an image 
right? Well, I mean, this is, so this movie is a great example of what I was saying earlier that I love when a movie is telling you something Mm -hmm. and you can't put into words what it's telling you. Right. And that's why you had to make a movie which consists of, you know, images and sounds. Right. Um, to sort of convey that message. Uh, and so that I feel like we're struggling to explain some of the things we liked about this movie and some of what this movie, what does it mean? What does it make you think and feel? Yeah. And I think it's for all of the right reasons. Cause this movie is, is telling you and showing you things that if we could articulate them, then that would mean you can put it into words. Yeah. So you didn't have to, you didn't have to make a movie to right. convey that idea. Yeah. But yeah, it's sort of like almost like at the risk of being very uh, difficult um, for someone who wanted to like know what this movie had to say. I feel like I would just have to be like, you're just going to have to see it, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like I kind of, I can describe to you what, what happens but um, and what you see right. is not the same as just seeing it for yourself. Yeah, I was um, I was having a conversation with somebody at work who had seen it, and I was like, it's almost like not a spoilable movie, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, I could tell you what happens, and like, it would probably detract from the experience a little bit, right? But like, ultimately, it's like, no, it's just these images and these sounds combined are the thing, right? Yeah. Um, and so in that regard, like, I think we get to this topic from time to time if the movie warrants it, but it's, it's, um, you know, I think an echo of that moment that we both love in a serious man, right. Where the, one of the characters is like embrace the mystery, mm-hmm. right. Like not knowing is the point. Yeah. Right. Um, and that, and I think some movies, uh, don't do not earn that because they're just sort of, um, you know, difficult or impenetrable for their, for its own sake in a way that's frustrating and like not mm-hmm. doesn't provide you with those sort of emotional experiences. They're just confounding. Right. Yeah. And this one is not certainly not in that category. This movie is one that um, it's sort of like, I, I will not forget that lighthouse image of Pattinson's face. I will not forget the Pattinson um, on the rocks being picked apart by seabirds, right? And I don't know what any of these things mean, and I don't need to. And I will also not forget Willem Dafoe cursing him. (laughs) Park! Triton! All right. Well, we've we've been kind of rambling here. What's, What's the... What's the decision? Are we going to beam it up? I don't know. I'm worried about our astronaut. <laughs> I'm not worried. You're going to be okay. It'll be fine. What if space birds? With, you know, apart? the madness that this movie is is talking about, he's, he's already there because he's completely by himself. That's true. Maybe he'll sense, he'll recognize himself in another and come back. Maybe. Okay. Well, astronaut, you know, let us know. But is that so? Is that what it comes down for you? <laughs> Other than being concerned about the astronaut, you you would beam it up. Um, I would for sure beam it up. I'm, I'm lo- putting that out there. Yeah, I'm looking at. It's funny because I'm looking at my list of movies that I've seen this year, and while this isn't you know like 
right at the top of my list as far as movies I enjoyed. Uh-huh. There are movies I enjoyed more that I would not beam up, right? Um, okay. Could, and 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 so, the the weird point being, I probably would beam this up, okay? Because it's so unique. unique. Yeah. So yeah, let's do it. All right, we're beaming it up. There goes the lighthouse up into space. Thanks for listening. I'm Dan. I'm Adam. All right. Good night. Bye.